It's a whole Babbage philosophy. It's a way of being, right? It's just being unapologetic, taking up space, commanding your worth, not backing down, calling out bullshit, just like doing your life on your own terms. I'm Lisa Carmen Wang, and I'm the founder of the Bad Bitch Empire. Welcome back, bad bitches. Today, I'm here with Nev Shaw, a globally recognized self-mastery teacher for women. With more than 20 years experience in the field of behavioral sciences, her positions include vice president at the Graduate School of Behavioral Health Sciences, founding president of the Breath Coaching Federation, and she's also a member of the Breathing Sciences faculty. Nevsha has helped over 40,000 women master their lives and purpose. I am so excited to dive into how she does it. Nevsha, welcome to the Bad Bitch Empire. Hello. <laughs> I feel like I belong here. <laughs> you do. So I, as a coach myself, understand that there is a lot of things broken in the coaching industry for women because coaching was effectively a man-made sort of structure. So you've done it very differently yourself. Can you tell us how the coaching systems today are not made for women and how they're broken? Exactly. Yeah. The, the first reason I think why it's broken is because you already said it's man-made. And I sometimes joke about it in my seminars. You know the song, It's a Man's World. I love it. It's a man's world. So the reason why it's a man's world is because men are more structured and they can easily create structures. And that's why the coaching industry and the coaching system is built on creating structures, setting goals and creating action plans and staying in action and getting results. And that is actually how you manifest in life. And men are manifestors. It's like when, when you go back through history and before everything got this much complicated, when it was simpler, when you look at the first humans on earth, men would go out and hunt and they are hunters and they are goal setters and they are manifestors and they can easily focus, set goals, stay in action and get results. While women... We are actually more creators. We are not manifestors, but creators. And these are two different things. Mm. What's the difference between them? The most, you know, the most interesting thing is to look at women to get all the results we want in life. We do not need to stay in action as much as men. Mm. We could also say men can only get results by staying in action. Like there is no way for a man to get the results he wants if he's not in action because he doesn't have the creative energy we have. Our bodies create babies, but a man's body doesn't create babies. So we have an immense creative energy. So the way we create our lives, reshape our lives and get results is that's why very different. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't follow man's rules or the structures or the systems. Coaching is an amazing system, but it means that it needs to be transformed. It needs to be changed according to our feminine laws. It's like we have our own inner creative system, which it's kind of like we lose our power, we lose our creative power if we stay in action the whole time. Mm. And that's the, that's the problem right now because most of the teachers who are in the coaching industry and the self-development industry are men. They do not, most of them don't see the difference between men and women and they lead men and women equally to stay in action and to manifest and you know manifestation 
But what I've been seeing in the coaching industry is the woman, and I have been there in my early 20s when I literally crashed doing everything I was taught. I see a lot of women staying in action the whole time, working and performing and stay in action just like men and losing their femininity, losing their beauty, losing their elegance, losing their creative energy, getting sick, not feeling psychologically well, getting drained and overwhelmed and all that. And the difference is just like men's and men and women have different sexual organs, just like a man's male's sexual organ, the male energy is outwards. It is kind of like a straight line. And it is focused and it is simple. It's just a simple line. While the woman, the, the female, when you look at the female sexual organ, it is inwards, it is circular, it is spiral, and it is growing spirally and it is growing circularly, which is kind of like we have this, we have this amazing energy that can get scattered very easily. That's why most women I speak with because I'm also an entrepreneur and an investor. I'm also in the VC and investment uh, industry sector. I meet a lot of women VCs and women entrepreneurs and founders. And if they kept on staying in action, if they kept on performing and performing, performing, they start asking me questions like, I've been losing hair and my skin isn't looking as great as I was in my 20s. I feel overwhelmed. I feel lost. It's like their whole energy is getting scattered because we need centering tools. So for a woman to get results in life, she needs to understand that we do not, we cannot center ourselves like men. We need centering methods and setting goals and staying in action doesn't work for women. Mm. Of course, we will set goals. Of course, we will have some action because we have 30% male energy as well. But more than that, we need to, as women, we need to learn to dive in and stay calm, stay centered. So meditation and breath work and centering and remembering who we are, connecting with our authentic selves, understanding our mission, purpose is way more important than women to get the results we want in life than men. So it's kind of like for us, we need to stay centered and connected with our hearts, with our mission, with our purpose, with our meaning. Men, they can just set a goal and create action plans. And while they're reaching those goals linearly, they can be the most fulfilled individuals on earth just by doing one thing. So it's like the the male masculine energy is like the doing energy and the female feminine energy is the being energy, right? Exactly. So we, we a lot of times are saying today that we're acting less like human beings and we're acting more like human doings. And that's because we are so trained and brainwashed for everyone to be in their masculine, right? Yeah. And I would I would even go ahead and say with the word human being, human is the male being mm. is the female mm. and men also have some female energy male men also are connected with their being 30 percent and masculine 70 percent they are doers and 70 percent doers 30 percent beers <laughs> or mm. you know they, mm. they have that being energy that spiritual energy for women we are 70 percent beings and 30 percent doers so when we don't keep that balance we start experiencing many, many problems. Mm -hmm. And we start, instead of getting results, 
we start just feeling drained. And I was there, like in my early 20s, because mm -hmm. I started joining self-development courses because I was interested in self-mastery as long as I know myself, even mm -hmm. in my 30, even when I was 13 and 12, I would ask myself, okay, I want to grow and expand in all areas of life. How, how can I do that? Like, you know, which tools can I use? And the second difference I recognized is that as women, we want it all. And that's also very different than men. Men are like linear. And for men, if you speak with, because I have interviewed a lot of men on this topic as well, when you ask men, powerful women, women who are fully connected with that feminine energy can feel even like too much mm -hmm. because we want it all. Like we, we are here, it, it's like for a woman to feel fulfilled she has fulfilled with her life. She has to be beautiful and successful, have the money, wealth, business, family, children, relationship, everything. And I was there as well. Of, of I'm still there. <laughs> like 12, 13, I, I remember telling to myself, I want it all. And I know I can't be fulfilled until I have it all. And I think that's also one of the big differences. And that's why the setting goals and staying in action doesn't work because like then I have to set thousand goals. I have to set tens of thousands of goals. Mm -hmm. I'm not that simple as an individual, as a woman, we are not that simple. We're just, we can't just think of goals because we, we want it all. It's like for men, it is very simple. They do think in terms of goals and setting just one or two goals is enough for them. For us, we just want it all. So we need to learn how to stay centered, connected with ourselves, with that creative energy and shine outwards from within. Mm. For women, living an inspired and meaningful life is much more important than it is for a man. Living a life that reflects our truth, living a life that reflects our authentic selves. That's why we we had a, I had a meeting before uh, coming here with a VC friend and who worked with men, and uh, she says like women founders and women investors, like we are more focused on the impact we want to make and we are more connected with our hearts and we want to create good in the world. While men are very different, they can just create businesses that have nothing to do with creating a big impact, but we truly want to create an impact, help humans. And we, even in the business world, women are more heartful. It's a very different, mm -hmm. you know, it's a very different journey. And that's why I've been, you know, with my life uh, after crashing, after becoming overwhelmed in my 20s, I was like truly depressed because I was doing too much. I was a performer all my life. I played volleyball, national team. Mm -hmm. I was a successful student and my parents trained me that way. I think that's that's also something that's very wrong in the 21st century. Our parents do train us and they were thinking if I just stopped, they were thinking there was something wrong with me. So I was like on the go and perform, perform, perform. And then with self-mastery and coaching, do more. And then I crashed. And when I look back in my 20s, early 20s, I look, up, I look back and look at my pictures, photos, it's just so amazing. I'm 50 now 
And my energy was way lower mm. when I was in my 20s. Like my skin didn't mm -hmm. look like this. I didn't have this light. I wasn't shining. And I was literally in minus energy-wise and light-wise. And I was yeah. really, truly drained by using all those modalities and man-made systems and trying to perform. And the moment I stopped, I started meditation and I said to myself, there's some, something wrong with this. It's like I thought I would get better results the more I performed. I'm not, not only getting the results I want, but I'm even though I get the results, I'm not fulfilled. And I just feel drained. Yeah, this I've been there a lot of times too because similarly yeah. I had the athletic background, you know, national team gymnastics, Ivy League, straight A's, good job on finance. And I feel like, yeah, there was this constant gap between doing, doing, doing and actually accomplishing the external goal but then not feeling energized or fulfilled by it. And I always equate that back to there's still that level of performance where you are outsourcing your worth and validation externally. You like need to give yourself to the external world and give all your energy away so that it can say, you know, good job, good girl, good you know, girl. give you the pat on the head versus believing that you are worthy enough when you just ground yourself, when you are, when there's no audience, right? When there's no one to give you a good job and a validation, can you actually feel valuable and worthy in your creative power and force just sitting there, right? And just breathing. Yeah. What, what, what you say is amazing because men do not need this, like women need it. It's like, I think that's why men have more self-confidence because they are very much, they are more connected with the material world and with the ego mm. when compared to women they have much more self-confidence and it's like they can make mistakes and i remember watching this video on on social media like this man a bit overweight and you know probably in his 50s and he doesn't look great in his body and he was like woohoo boy you look great and yeah. so it's like that's the energy they have like no matter what happens in their lives they're like ah, i'm the best while women we are the opposite and we need that we don't have that confidence and we judge ourselves more we have problems envying others who has more than we have if we are not fully centered and if we are not fully connected with our truth we are not connected with our value and we feel undervalued we don't realize how much valuable we are just the way we are Right. For men, it's a different journey. It's like we need some work. I think realizing that, like I need work to understand my value. It's it's not it it's not just happening by itself. Mm -hmm. And when I looked at my mom, my grandmother, women around me, I started seeing that it was so obvious that if you don't do anything, you undervalue yourself, and you start undervaluing yourself more and more each day. Your children, your husband, your life, everyone is more valuable than you. If we don't do inner work, if we don't consciously practice meditation, stop, spend time with ourselves, spend time with that creative goddess energy, which is within our connection with the creation, creator, which is this unlimited, amazing energy, we not only drain ourselves, but we start on valuing ourselves and we just 
become a low value individual. And that's yeah. what's happening with women around the world who does not stop. And there is this whole, you know, they don't va value me, they don't respect me. And the secret to that is it's like the more what I realize for myself is the more I stop, the more I meditate, practice breath work, dive in, stay just with myself in my own energy, the more respect I started getting and the more valued I became became. And it's just amazing how miracles get reflected, you know, in your life. And and it's like sometimes, especially if I think for a man, it is very hard to understand this, but women can understand this, not by staying in action, but pausing, meditating, practicing breath work, connecting with my authentic self. I was able to raise not only the frequency, but also the value and and how how my life is like I was able to increase my wealth I was able to increase my impact I was able to increase my business number of my businesses I was able to increase the love I share with my husband with my kids with my friends social impact it it, it didn't happen by doing mm -hmm. I was connect by connecting to myself and by not doing too much, but doing as much mm -hmm. and acting smart. Yeah. yeah. I so say that everything in the world conspires to make you feel unworthy as a woman. And when you are born female, you are already told immediately, especially in so many societies around the world, that you are less worthy. Yeah. And then every time you enter into an environment, a man-made environment, you are continually given signals that you are not as valuable. And so I find that because there is that expectation that you're not as valuable, what we are then brainwashed as women to do is to fight to prove that we are worthy. And so it's almost like they're dangling this little carrot and you're like, I am worthy. And you're trying to get it. And then realizing that you are in a losing game that is actually set up to make you fail because they tell you that you have to work harder, that you have to fight, that you have to get higher and higher and play the man's game. And because then they will also make fun of the women's game, right? The number of men who make fun of spirituality and Zodiac and human design and anything related to manifestation or mother nature, right? Yeah. They're like, oh, that's that doesn't make sense. You can't you can't graph it. <laughs> you know, you can't yeah. create an Excel spreadsheet of it. And so their focus on what you can see rather than what you can't see, energy, frequency, right? The exchange of just feeling between people that is actually just as real as, let's say, a financial forecast. And so as a woman, I think it's very hard when the entire world conspires to say that it is not enough for you to just sit yeah. back and let things come. It's a challenge and also an opportunity because what I have been experiencing after I went on a spiritual quest and into a deep spiritual journey, which I mean, like today still, for the past 16 years, I practice meditation two times a day, every day, very strict, at least half an hour. I spend at least an hour every day to stay connected with myself, to just do some inner work. I work with my mind and remember who I am again and again because many years ago I realized that 
centering myself was the answer to every problem I had. So I kept on on a disciplined way doing it and I kept on teaching it to other women. And it's kind of like the secret over there is like, like you said, it's a big, huge challenge. And also it's an opportunity because what happens when we women dive in, connect with ourselves, our values, our, our own value increases and our, it's kind of like this God self starts being reflected in the world and people around us start saying, wow, you know, like there is something in her. It's very powerful. It's kind of like we do not need to, as women, tell or say anything, but we can be so centered and so connected with our creation and creator energy or our real power you know, most women call it the goddess and be that. Like right now, I feel like I don't even have to speak about it. So my presence tells everything. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I don't even have to. It's like you said, man joking about spirituality, this and that. I don't have to talk about breath work. I don't have to talk about meditation. People, even men, they're like, they do get attracted to my presence and they they are kind of like wow there is there is something valuable here like what are you doing with your life like mm -hmm. what's this presence about there is something in you that you know i recognize but you know it's very different so mm -hmm. it's like and that that's what i've been teaching women it's like just go on your journey you don't have to explain anything you don't have to talk about it nobody has to believe in it or just dive deep and keep on meditating and keep on doing breath work and keep on working with your mind. Like these five principles I've been teaching and people will see the difference. Your family, your children. For example, with my husband, he keeps on saying every time I'm kind of like upset in something about my life, he's like, ah, you'll deal with it. <laughs> you're so, you'll just deal with it. You know, I don't think you're going to ever die. <laughs> it's just in that mode the whole time. I think you're going to live until 200. <laughs> so self-mastery teaching for women is dive deep, go on a spiritual journey, regularly meditate and practice breath work and do whatever you need to do to stay centered and connected with yourself and then watch your world changing. That's just the journey. It just changes. The deeper I go into my being, the, the more changes happen, the more transformation happen. So what are the life. five principles? The first principle I have found is breath work. And because I'm a well-known authority in breathing sciences as well, I really dive deep into that topic. Because breathing is the bridge between us, the material world, and the spiritual world. So when we build that bridge in a healthy way, when we analyze and work on our dysfunctional breathing habits and breathe more functional and keep on practicing breath work, we start connecting more and more to our core, to our center, who we are, our authentic selves. So that's one of the most powerful tools. The second is meditation. But when I say meditation, I don't mean the techniques that are taught on, you know, YouTube or mm -hmm. meditation apps, because I think they are just advertisement of meditation. And I mean, 
classic Vedic meditation, which mm. is like truly understanding, getting our training, finishing our training, understanding what meditation is all about, learning about five functions of the mind, learning about different levels of consciousness and how to get there and which methods to use and how to balance the five functions of the uh, mind and also go on a journey with a, with a true teacher, uh, the classic Vedic way of meditation. And the third is... Aligning with purpose, understanding your values, understanding why you exist, why you are here. And there are, of course, hundreds of questions I ask, not ask, but I give to my students as inquiries. Of course, one of them, those questions is, who am I really? Like, just keep on asking yourself, who am I really for over two months and you will get answers. How do you answer that question? <laughs> who am I for me is, for first of all, I am. On a deeper level, who am I is I am, you know, and it's deeper than, you know, just the words I am. It's kind of like, who am I? This. And then on the second level with explanation for women, it's kind of like, who am I? The answer to who am I is I'm everything and I'm nothing. And connecting with that everything and nothing and being bigger than the universe and also being smaller than the smallest thing on earth. And then, of course, on the third layer, it is who I am is my mission, which is teaching, teaching and effectively expressing what I know and my experience and being uh, a leader in self-mastery, helping women. So that's kind of like that's aligned with my purpose and my mission. And there are certain questions, like hundreds of questions we ask on purpose, who are you and what are your uniqueness, what's your gift. Uh, and then the fourth is transforming the mind, understanding, I think to go on a transformational journey, especially with our minds, we need to first understand that we judge a lot. We have loads of judgments, automatic thinking habits coming from our you know, background, even from our parents and ancestors and also in this lifetime. And those judgments have created episodic memories in the brain and they're not going anywhere. It's like even though like I have done a lot of for forgiveness exercises, now I find those shallow because un unless... I use the neurological pathway and go deep into my brain and literally erase those episodic memories, I still have all the judgments. So I think none of the forgiveness exercises, all of that, which I've done in the past, mm. were able to transform my mind really. Then when I met Dr. John Martini and started working with him, I was amazed by the method he created. He didn't literally create, but he just kind of like got together many methods a lot of doctors have been working on brought them together and with his method the martini method i have been able to change the neurological pathway in my brain and literally erase all the episodic memories and i think right now in J japan they're doing an experiment on how the martini method is literally crashing all trauma and just neutralizing all trauma so you, in a couple of hours you so you had memories that you have now erased. Mm -hmm. So do you know the memories that you erased now? Yeah, I have worked on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so so let's say, example, you experienced trauma, right? Yeah. And 
you do you at this present moment know what that trauma is or you've literally forgotten it you just it's not uh, available in your mind uh, so the answer to that question is i don't think about it in my daily life because it's not on my brain synapses mm. anymore mm. so anything we do not we did not transform any judgment we have uh, sits inside the brain as episodic memories and this is a neurological information this is like mm. this is scientific information and it sits inside the brain synapses and until we we do something about it to neutralize they are there mm. and they are the noise in people's minds so i hear a lot of people like i can't stop my mind of course you can't stop it because you have episodic memories if they are there you have a crowded mind it's like you're going to be thinking about it so with trauma or with the incidents that happened in the past, if you didn't neutralize them, if there are episodic memories, you're going to be thinking about them and they are going to be affecting your physiology, your chemistry, your daily life activities and your potential. And once you start working with them, like neutralizing them by, by, by using your mind, by using the pathways in your mind to get there, and once you neutralize you see that there are, there, there are no traumas in life, which is, of course, changing the whole physio mm -hmm. psychology. And I was in St. Fisher University yesterday doing a speech and a workshop, and uh, they're using the app I founded, BreathHub, and they're doing researches on how breathwork, using BreathHub, changes people neurologically and also psychologically, like how it heals anxiety, panic attack, depression, what's the effect on your daily energy and activities and all that. There's a research going on and we will be creating some white papers and scientific documents uh, from that. And yesterday I was sitting with psychologists and psychiatrists and we, we spoke about trauma and all, and I was telling them about the Martini method and how it transforms. And once you look at the past to the traumatic experience, ask yourself powerful questions to neutralize it and see how you benefited from that experience and neutralize. Not only the, the trauma transforms, but you start feeling grateful for the experience because it brought you to where you are today. And once we get people there, there is no trauma because trauma is basically some negative judgments about things you experienced in your past. You only see the experience with the negative side. You see the experience one-sided. You don't see the positives. Mm -hmm. You don't see the benefits. You only see the drawbacks and the negative and all that. And you keep on talking about how it, it was a drawback for you and how it was negative, you know, all that. Once you stop seeing it negative and look at the other side of the story and see how you benefited from the incident and you know, how the, the positive side, the left side and the right side of your brain, brain balances and also episodic memories. You just erase the episodic memories, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, and now, hopefully, in J Japan, they're doing a, a psychiatric uh, fac a psychology faculty, probably, you know, at a university. They're doing research on how the Martini method can help us end the whole trauma story, like... People don't have to be traumatized and people don't have to experience trauma anymore, mm -hmm. which means we will experience incidents, but we don't have to have traumas about it if right. we 
to balance it out. Yeah. In the last episode, we were doing a full moon manifestation and about releasing, like, what do you want to let go of in this cycle? And so what I was sharing with the women who were participating in the event was as you think about some of the experiences, let's say the past traumas or whatever that you want to let go of, as you do that, give gratitude for them and think about, I'm so grateful that this happened for me not to me because I learned that I was unbreakable, that I was resilient, that I was a badass and I can get through anything. And so I remember something that happened to me and I also then realized it took me months to heal from it. And I remember the day that it just occurred to me that, whoa, the universe really put this in my path to test how strong I really was. And what it gave me then was the lessons of just intuitive discernment and attention to nuance as I observe different people. And as these types of, let's say, dark energy tries to come back in my life, that I can spot it now, even if it comes in a different form of a different human. And it's like, okay, I will pay attention and to how I feel, how this person makes me feel and not allow that in anymore because now I'm smarter. Yeah, to add to that beautiful, and I sincerely think what we call the universe, I think is just ourselves. Like I remember in one of my meditations, I just realized even before coming to this earth and the material world experience began, I became certain. I kind of like looked at different lives and I was like, I want her life, like Nevsha. I want to be Nevsha. And I chose my parents and I chose a path with everything, you know, in the journey. And I made an agreement with myself and I told to myself, I would like to live an amazing and extraordinary life. And I would like to have everything I want in life. And I'm coming into this lifetime as a co-creator. And I made an agreement with myself saying to myself, I can only get everything I want if I stayed connected with myself, with my purpose, with my mission. So this is my path. And I will have everything I want in my life if I stay on this path. If I don't, I would like certain experiences, certain messages that will bring me back to my path. So I made an agreement so that I can have problems and I can have challenges that will bring me back to my path. Mm -hmm. So how I see the problems and the challenges we might have in our lives, they're just feedback mechanisms to get us back to our path. I realized that, that that's me. Like the problems I have, that's me. And the bigger the problem, the more I got lost and the more lessons I need to have to get back on my path. Mm -hmm. So I realized also with that, and I've been experiencing that for many years and also leading my students understand that if I can commit to my path and to myself, and if I can discipline myself enough to stay centered, to stay focused and stay on purpose, my life is very easy. I get everything I want. And that's why I'm spending all those hours a day meditating and centering myself because then life is easy. Mm. 
It's like there are not lessons. I am the lesson because I am living my life consciously and I'm on my path. And it kind of feels like you're walking on a red rug like mm -hmm. the Hollywood stars and you're just, aha, I have this, I have that. It's just opportunities and everything just happening in a flow. But the moment I have judgments and distorted perceptions and the moment my mind is conditioned and the moment I start losing it, I start moving away from my path and I made sure even before coming to this earth experience, I made sure that I have feedback mechanisms, I have health problems, I have psychological problems, I have money problems, I have daily problems, issues to get me back to my path. So it's like the lessons we experience in life are actually trying to get us back to our path. We are the lesson. Yeah, yeah. So when you meditate, what is your process of dropping in? Do you say a mantra? Do you just... Yeah, I use mantras. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And does everyone get their own unique mantra? Or? No, just the classic Vedic mantra. We start with aham and we use different mantras in different consciousness levels. Mm. So can you elaborate on the aham yeah. that you just said? So the reason why in classic Vedic meditation we use the mantra aham is because it's kind of like I am. The first level of meditation is the being level. So before even going on the next level, which many people try to practice, the mindfulness level, which you start observing your thoughts and feelings and all that, you fir we first need to dive deeper into our being and connect with our being. And aham helps us connect with our being. So it's kind of like, mm-hmm. Aham is not, is not actually only a mantra. As you know, mantras are just sounds, vibrations. And aham is the vibration of I am. So with aham, I lead my students. It's not only the, the word aham, but I lead my students to really get in the rhythm and find their own mantras, not with words. Start with aham. It's kind of like the lock on the door. But then... That aham becomes for people, mm -hmm, for other people, uh, for other people, because we're all vibrating differently and we open the door with aham, but then they start vibrating with their own mantras, which is not a word anymore. It is their being. So are you literally just like aham? Yes. We first mind. start with aham. We let it vibrate mm. at the back of our head. Aham. Aham. And when we use that mantra, our body relaxes and our mind gets into a state where, you know, it can dive into other states. Mm. Uh, and I think the, um, the most important thing about meditation is, uh, first of all, to understand meditation can only be done alone. Mm -hmm. And in real meditation, there is no music. There is no one speaking with you. You are with yourself because the aim, opposite of what's taught right now in the Western world, the aim of meditation is not relaxing yourself. The meditation path is the most evolved spiritual path. And meditation is actually the time for you to just stay in yourself and just get face to face to yourself. And that's that's real wisdom. It's like not running away from anything. And that's why... 20 minutes of meditation is very important. And there are a lot, of, a lot of neurological experiments about it. So 20 minutes minimum, that's uh, a must. And uh, doing two times a day, dividing the, the day into three, 
it's like there are neurological experiences on classic Vedic meditation and why classic Vedic meditation creates such miracles and it's an amazing journey is because we practice two times a day, divide the day into three. And when you do that, when you practice meditation in the morning for 20 minutes, in the morning, in the afternoon for 20 minutes, because in that 20 minutes, the prefrontal lobe, the third eye gets activated and the, you move the energy from the amygdala and the survival parts of the brain to here. And it takes around eight, nine hours for that to go back. Mm. And then you stop and do the meditation. So if you divide the day into three and do meditation twice a day, at least for 20 minutes, you keep your energy over here in the prefrontal lobe. If you miss one, the energy goes mm. to the survival. Mm. And then you get into fight or flight reflexes and you're in the survival mode. But when you do this regularly, it's like you literally start experiencing something amazing happen here. And you start, I mean, in my experience, it happened like I started not recognizing the material world but I started living life with my mission and with intuition 24 hours a day and seven days a week, which made all the difference. But it can only happen if you do it regularly. Mm -hmm. And I think it's hard to do it really regularly if you don't have a group, if you don't have a teacher, uh, because the teacher actually uh, is someone who was able to balance five functions of the mind and got to the seventh layer of the consciousness, which is Zen. And once you are in Zen, I mean, th that is in my own experience, you connect with all your students in the consciousness level. So I haven't had any students having problems with meditating two times a week, to, sorry, two times a day daily, because when they were near to forgetting it, they would hear my voice. Mm or they would feel me, because the classic Vedic journey is kind of like a consciousness. You become one with the teacher's consciousness, and that's why you keep on evolving, and that's why you keep on getting to the next level and the next level. I mean, for all of us to understand, meditation is a spiritual journey. It's not a one-time thing. It is in the most classic Vedic way. It is led by a teacher, and the teacher is your teacher all your life so it's kind of like the teacher dedicates herself himself to you you dedicate yourself to them you become one in your consciousness and you use the teachers 15 years i mean it's been 20 plus years my experience but 15 16 years at least of dedication to meditation and dedication to the prefrontal cortex or the third eye or the spiritual path to stay on the path. So it's kind of like you choose someone who is who is a bit further down the path and you just cling on them and they keep on leading you and they, they keep on helping you get to the next levels of consciousness. So that's the classic Vedic way. Mm -hmm. It's very different than what meditation is, how meditation is taught in the Western mm -hmm. world right now. And it's also in all spiritual practices, like in the Sufi tradition, shamanic tradition, it's like the spiritual practice is, like we say in, in the Turkish tradition, we say giving a hand. So it's like the, the tradition is finding someone who is a bit further down the path mm -hmm. from you, 10 years, 15 years, and just clinging on them and how, letting them lead the way. 
and then you get there and then you start leading the way in there, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like that's the spiritual tradition. And it's in every spiritual tradition. It's like mm -hmm. Vedic, Sufi, you see it everywhere. Yeah. So that's that's mm -hmm. meditations. It's a, yeah. a different process. So how do women start working with you? I have a website, nevsha.co.uk, because I live in UK. Mm -hmm. They can... Go on the website, check the principles, and you can't register to any of our courses through the internet because our courses and these journeys are not, and I think that's the, also the feminine one way, are not open to masses. Like we want to be able to choose the people we work with. And that's why if you want to work with us, if you want to be part of the group, part of the you know, women who are dedicated to self-mastery, you get an appointment from a team member and then we do a, around an hour of transformative coaching session, understand who you are, where you are. And the question for is, will you be able to dedicate yourself to self-mastery? It's because we, we are known for getting results, like 100% results, and dedication is really important. And because I don't need more students, I already have a lot of students, other businesses, and this is not my only business. Finding the women, the people who are meant to be with us is more important than just getting everyone in. Mm -hmm. Because for me, instead of getting more students in and getting more people in and getting the health of the results I'm getting, I would rather have health of those students and get results 100%. And what and do results look like? The results look like true gratitude, which is why I say true gratitude. I'm going to explain why I say true gratitude. Like I said, women, we want it all. And there are two ways of feeling gratitude. One is rather an exercise where, you know, for example, you don't have the money you would like to have. You don't have the family you don't have you, you would like to have. You don't have the physical appearance, fitness levels, whatever you don't you want to have. But you can still practice gratitude and be grateful for what you have. True gratitude looks a bit different. True gratitude is when you have everything you want in your life and more. You worked on it and you have everything and you see you're growing in all areas of life. And you're, you just don't have any option to be, but be grateful. You wake up in the morning and you're like, am I living in a dream? You know, this is just amazing. So that's objective. And we are able to get our students to that level. So it's not an exercise of gratitude, but it's rather a, I can't feel anything but great gratitude. Because it's like, this is more than I ever dreamed of. And if you speak to any of our students, they would say, this is more than I ever dreamt of. So if I can get women say that, this is more than I, I ever dreamt of, mm -hmm. I did what I'm here to do. Because we are women more than we can ever think of. Mm -hmm. And when people, when women get there, it means that they are connected with that unlimited energy and creation and they were able to reflect that in their lives and they're just watching their awesomeness in their lives because we're awesome but until it gets reflected to 
every area in our life, we don't see it. But once it does, we're like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, I am so <laughs> grateful for you sharing your wealth of wisdom here with us all at the Bad Bitch Empire. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> and last question for you. What does it mean to you to be a bad bitch? It means having the confidence and the freedom to say, I fucking love myself <laughs> more than anything else than anything in the world. And I choose myself every time over everything. I think that's the that's that energy. Like it's me. I love it. That is absolute bad bitch energy. <laughs> so thank you, Nevsha, for being here. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And we will see you next time on The Bad Bitch Empire.